This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelor. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks. Hey everyone, I'm so excited to be back doing a solo episode today on a topic that I personally feel like is one of the most important things for us to examine when we want to lead a really meaningful, fulfilled, healthy, happy life. We're going to dive into mindset today. I think so often when we think about health and wellness, we're really focused on the physical things like what are we eating and how are we moving our body and how much sleep are we getting? But I personally feel like there's this piece around our mindset and the thoughts that we're thinking, the beliefs that we're carrying that is just as important, if not more important, than all of those things. And so I've become fascinated in this area around how to really build a mindset that supports us in feeling our best. Now, today specifically, I want to dive into some common fears that I have seen show up time and time again with the clients that I work with and in my own life. I think it's so important for you to understand that everything that I'm about to talk about are things that I felt too as a human being and continue to feel in moments. Sometimes in the world of coaching and the world of health and wellness, I think the individuals who are the leaders or who are the coaches or who are the ones who are teaching this stuff, it can almost feel like they have it all figured out and that they never experience these things themselves. I want to pull back the curtain (laughs) to ensure that you know these things still pop up for all of us as well. At least I know it for myself. And After interviewing so many people on the podcast, I can ensure you that they're all just parts and aspects and things that come up being human beings playing this game of life. So there's nothing wrong with any of these things. I think what I want to look at, though, is how do we navigate them and how do we sort of detach from some of these fears a little bit so that they don't have so much control over our life and our ability to find resilience and move forward from them. I think this episode will be most impactful for you if you just take a moment before we dive in to think about something that you want to call into your life or that you want to welcome into your life. Maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's financial wellness, maybe it's a new career path, maybe it's greater happiness, maybe it's greater wellness, and that has sometimes felt out of reach or where you recognize that in some capacity, you're holding yourself back because there are 
you know, aspects of that thing that you want that also seem a little bit scary. You want it so bad, but this sometimes even happens subconsciously that we don't recognize what it is that we're afraid of. And hopefully some of that will start to show up for you as we walk through these five common fears. So take a second, think about that thing that you want in your life that you want to welcome in, that you want to call in. And let's talk about some fears or mindset traps that can hold you back from getting there. The very first one is a fear of failure, a fear of failure. So before we can really talk about this, we've got to talk about the definition of failure and what that even means. Going through school, so many of us are taught that failing is a grade that you get based on how you show up and your ability to do whatever course it is that you're doing, right? We get this report card and you're going to get an A, B, C, D, or an F. You fail. You failed the course, okay? And so we have this idea of failing as not accomplishing something. It's not complete. You are not able to move forward from that place. As an adult, and what I'm hearing a lot from the individuals who I really admire and look up to, and the way that I'm personally starting to perceive failure is much different than I did when I was younger. I want you to look at failure on a spectrum. So imagine a line out in front of you, and on one side, we've got success. Most people would put failure at the other end of that line, at the other end of the spectrum. But instead, I want you to move it into the middle somewhere. And at the end of the spectrum, I want you to put not trying at all. Not trying at all. A mobile, frozen, not moving forward. Just thinking about it, but not moving forward. We've got to change our definition of what failure is. Because the reality is, is that failure is a necessary stepping stone on the path to success. Nobody has ever gotten from where they are now to that point of success that they, you know, were really striving for without any slip-ups, without any errors, without any setbacks, especially if it's a bigger goal. Failure is inevitable on a path to growth and evolution. It's just part of the price that we pay as we move forward. And when we look at it that way, it's a lot less scary. It's like, okay, well, yeah, that's just going to happen. It's inevitable. And I'm going to learn from my failures. I'm going to get stronger. It's going to teach me things. I might pivot. I might look in a different direction. I might feel disappointed for a moment. And then I'm going to get back up on my feet and I'm going to keep working towards it. It's not a stop sign. It doesn't mean that we don't get to move forward. It's just a moment of pause. It's often a moment of reflection. It's often a moment for us to recalibrate. So really, when we look at failure in this way, it becomes a lot less scary. In our family, we have the saying, if you're not failing, you're not trying. And we really celebrate failure as it's an important part of the process of learning. I want my kids to understand that failing isn't a bad thing, and it certainly doesn't define who they are. It's part of the learning process. And the more that we can get comfortable with it, the more resilient we become when it happens, and the easier we're able to move forward from it. Now, all of this being said, let me assure you as a human being here on earth that failure can feel really painful. And when I fail, I notice that a lot of feelings of not enough show up for me. I'm not enough. 
I did this wrong. I am a failure because this project failed or this launch failed or, you know, whatever it is that's going on right now. So we have to also be careful not to tie our failures to our own self-worth. They're two completely separate things. When you fail, it doesn't mean that you are a failure at all. It means you tried something, congratulations, clapping my hands for you, and that that exact way that you did it didn't work. But you are still a whole human being who is more than enough and completely capable in trying again or making the decision to not try any further, if that feels right. So one of the practices that I've been working on lately in the midst of different failures, when I notice those feelings of not enough, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm not getting this, it feels like everybody else has this figured out right now, and that narrative starts to bubble up, rather than being like, I've got to succeed in order to get myself out of this, I'm so down on myself, I shouldn't be thinking like this is another thing that comes up for me, like I shouldn't feel these feelings of disappointment. I know failure is just a stepping stone on the path to success. I shouldn't feel so bad about this. Why am I feeling so bad about this? Instead, I take a deep breath now and I just notice, okay, this is feeling hard for me. This is bringing some stuff up. This feels uncomfortable and that's okay. It's okay to feel uncomfortable. It's okay to feel like I have failed. I know that's not the truth and that this is just a part of the process, but it hurts right now. It's uncomfortable and that's okay. I can still love myself. I can still practice self-compassion. I can honor that part of myself that is scared and hurting and feels afraid in the face of failure. And it's also important to remember that almost every human being has experienced this exact feelings. I know sometimes I feel like people just bounce back so quickly or they're so strong. It doesn't mean that they haven't felt it in another area of their life or that they won't feel it at some point. So just coming back to yourself and your own individual journey. So really reframing your perspective of failure. The only way to truly fail is to not try at all. And even that sometimes, you know, not trying is we're not ready yet, or we don't have all of the pieces that we're trying to figure out, or we don't have all of the information that we need in order to make a decision to move forward. But I would really encourage anybody who's feeling stuck in making a decision out of fear of failure, if there's something that you know your heart wants to do or try, to remember that you are going to (laughs) fail and it might hurt a little bit, but you're also going to be okay and it's part of the process and it will make you so much stronger in the journey to getting there. Struggling with failure is also normal. Everyone finds it difficult to some extent. So practice speaking compassionately towards yourself. Look for lessons and what you just experienced and think about how you can use this situation as an advantage to help you move forward. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. 
Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L com slash talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all faced, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. Fear number two is probably the most common fear that pops up, and that is the fear of what will other people think? What will they think of my project? What will they think of my social post? What will they think of my outfit? What will they think of my weight? What will they think of me? I can guarantee you some people will not like it. We cannot please everyone. Listen, I want you to think about some of the people that you admire most in your life. People who are scientists or rock stars or actresses or comedians, people who have a big fan base. Those people have thousands, if not millions of people who absolutely adore them. And they have people who adore them, but also sometimes criticize them. And then they also have people who absolutely despise them and hate them. The more you step into your own self and your own sense of being, the more polarizing you'll be to some people and the more the right people will move towards you and see you and connect with you. So When you are trying to please everyone, what tends to happen is that you start distilling yourself down until you become this liquidy version of yourself where you're constantly trying to evolve to meet the needs of everyone around you. And in doing that for a long period of time, we often start to lose ourselves, and we forget how we want to dress or what job we want to do or how our voice sounds or what our thoughts are like. 
So again, you're going to notice a little bit of a theme when I talk about all of these fears. I want you to understand that it is normal to think about how people will perceive us. I had a moment the other day where we're getting ready to go on a trip at the end of May and we're going to Paris and then we have this incredible opportunity. One of my best friends has invited us to go to Monaco to watch the Formula One race. This is kind of one of those like bucket list, I mean, I can't even believe that we get to do this moments. But as soon as I got invited, I was so excited. And then I noticed this little voice inside going, oh my gosh, the people we're going to be around are going to dress a certain way. They're going to have a certain expectation of how we talk and act. And I noticed myself wanting to go and like online shop and, you know, create this whole self that would be acceptable to these other people. And this is that fear coming back again of, what if they don't like me? What if I don't fit in? And so then the second set of narrative came in and Aaron, this is so ridiculous. Why are you thinking about this? Like you've got to be stronger in your sense of self. Who cares what they think about you? You'll never see these people again. And like it just doesn't even matter. You're being so superficial. So the invitation And I needed this invitation from some of the people that I look up to. And it's why I read the books that I read and follow the accounts that I follow, you know, because we all fall into these traps sometimes. It is normal to be going into a situation and a group of people that are unfamiliar and to have concerns about wanting to fit in. That's okay. It's absolutely fine to have those feelings pop up. Now, instead of judging myself for those feelings, it's like a second sword that I'm sticking in myself, right? Instead of judging myself for those feelings, can I just notice them bubbling up? Okay, yeah, that's actually really normal and super common. And of course, I'm going to be out of my element. And part of me wonders like whether I deserve to be at this type of thing. And is it okay that I'm going and leaving my kids and all of this stuff? Like, noticing all that stuff that's bubbling up and detaching from it a little bit. Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense that that's coming up. And this is also going to be so fun and so exciting. And all I care about is spending time with my husband and one of my very best friends in a super fun place. And like deep down underneath those fears and that ego, that's all that matters to me. I don't care if I have the right bag. It doesn't matter if I'm wearing the right pants with the right shoes. It's not important. So let's, you know, go through your closet, figure out some things that you're going to pack. And if there are a couple pieces that we want to add in, great, but we're not going crazy and reinventing Aaron into some European... (laughs) I don't know. I mean, this is might be the most ridiculous example, but it's literally just something that happened yesterday. So I thought I would share it with you. I don't know. Like, have you ever gone to an event or had an event and all of a sudden you found yourself out shopping and spending more money than you would really want to? And it's all because we want to fit in and feel enough in ourselves. So Just noticing everything that comes up in these moments when we're pushing ourselves out of the comfort zone and realizing that it's normal 
it's okay and that we can sit with some of those feelings. We don't have to act on all of them. We don't have to rack up our credit cards. We can just breathe through them. We can get curious about where these thoughts and beliefs are coming from. Oh yeah, this is bringing up some stuff from childhood or that time that girl made fun of me and now I feel like I have to look the part or play the part. Okay, but that's not where we are right now and we're in a different place in life and just talk ourselves off the ledge gently with compassion and that's sort of it, right? So this fear of people not liking you, we got to get comfortable with the fact that people aren't going to like us and comfortable with the fact that that's going to be a little bit uncomfortable in times. And most likely, the more we move through life from that place, the more comfortable it will become because it will be more familiar and we start to really know ourselves and what we value the most. Number three is the fear that it is going to be hard the fear that it is going to be hard. It's going to be hard to put myself out there to make new friends. It's going to be hard to get myself out for that walk or that run. It's going to be hard to do a cold shower. It's going to be hard to have that vulnerable conversation. It's going to be hard to build that business that I've been dreaming of. Well, here's the deal, sister. It is going to be hard. It is going to be hard. And you can do hard things. You know, that's why not everybody does these things is because it is hard. But what's harder, I think, than doing the hard things is dreaming, thinking, and wanting the thing and not acting on it at all. Spending your whole life wondering what if. Spending your life frozen and held back. Now, I'm playing around a lot with the idea right now of what it looks like to push the easy button in certain areas of life because I have been in hustle mode for a very long time and really jacked up on (laughs) this go, go, go culture. Like it has been fueling my engine probably since kindergarten, grade one, you know, this striving to do things perfectly, to do more, more, more. And so my mom once said to me, when it's not working to try harder, what if you were to try softer? And that's always stuck with me. It's something I think about all the time because to me, it doesn't mean that we have to stop and not do the thing, but that we can move forward and progress in life without it being so hard all the time, right? And the way that I have started to manage that a little bit is by shifting my expectations. And the main expectation that I've had to shift is timelines. I want everything and I want it now, right? I want my goals and my vision board to realize themselves tomorrow. And this puts so much pressure on me and requires that I would work 24-7, never relax, never rest. I mean, I've had a lot of thoughts lately about so much of my drive to have better health and wellness is so that I can be more productive. And I'm starting to really question whether that's the best way to operate in life and whether or not that is contributing heavily to my anxiety and panic attacks that I'm having. So what I would say here is that the best things in life, whether that's parenthood, building a business, forming relationships. There's a million different things that we do in life. 
the best things in life, they're going to come with some hard, challenging moments. And you are strong enough to do those things. You are capable of doing those things, just as capable as anybody else who is doing them. So here's the thing. You can do hard things and hard things will come when we leave our comfort zone. That's inevitable. If we are constantly trying to avoid hard, difficult feelings in our life, we limit part of what is being human. And that is feeling a full spectrum of emotions and feelings. And so someone once told me that you can't blunt one emotion without slightly blunting all of the emotions. So if you're completely trying to avoid being uncomfortable, then at some level you're blunting your ability to fully experience joy and happiness and excitement and hope, all these beautiful emotions that we want to run towards. Part of being human is that we're going to experience all different kinds of emotions. And while some of them are difficult and challenging and painful, grief, anger, frustration, feelings of not enough, trauma, all trauma is not a feeling, but you know what I'm saying. All of these things that are, are difficult to be in are also gifts and also moments where we're learning and moments where we're growing and evolving and shifting and changing. So I would encourage you to explore a little bit when you stopped believing in your capacity to feel the hard things and whether or not you find yourself in a place of judgment of yourself when you're experiencing those things. Do you judge yourself or feel shame when you're angry or sad or lonely? So many of us as children were taught that those weren't appropriate to feel. You know, how many times have we said, just be happy or stop crying or that's not something to get upset about. So we've learned that these emotions are are bad and then we will make choices in life to help us avoid them. But in moving forward, we're often going to have to move through those varying emotions. So it's just another space where we can often get stuck. So get curious about whether or not that shows up for you at all. Number four is this fear around making the right choice. I can't tell you how many coaching calls I've had with individuals who are trying to make a choice, a life choice about career or health and wellness or relationship or school around purpose. And they are so stuck on moving forward because they desperately want to make the right choice. And the reality is, is that the two options that they have are often so close in regards to which option they should take that it feels impossible to move forward. And so we freeze. I was listening to a podcast with Gary Vee the other day, and he said something that really stuck with me. There is no right choice in your life. There is only the choice that you make, and that will be the right choice. You see, 
we can make a decision and then maybe we stumble across something hard as we do, or it doesn't work out the way that we expected it to. And we can then have a tendency to think, oh, I made the wrong choice. But we have no idea what would have happened had we made the other choice if we had taken option B. So rather than ruminating on what would have happened had we taken option B, we've got to make decisions where our feet are, where we are in this given moment, recognizing in any path we take, there are going to be challenges and obstacles and opportunities for growth. There is no right choice. I have had so many moments as somebody who struggles with anxiety where I become frozen in trying to make the right decision. I mean, sometimes this is bigger life decisions about where we want to live. And sometimes it is what I'm having for dinner when I go out to a restaurant or picking a color of bed sheets or whatever it is. I mean, I am constantly back and forth questioning whether or not I'm making the right choice. I find it so helpful to just remember there really is no right choice in your life. And going back, to number two here, worrying about what other people think, we really want to push that to the side and give ourselves some moments of silence and quiet with our journal or our thoughts where we can really figure out what we want as an individual. Now, whenever you're making a decision, a good place to start is a pros and cons list or, you know, really looking at it logically as to what the options are. And then we've also got to look at what the heart wants and what our soul wants and what our spirit wants and what lights us up, what makes our body feel good. I sometimes struggle to hear what my body wants in these moments because anxiety can really cause all of it to just not feel great or to feel a bit confusing. So if you're able to get a sense as to what feels right in your body and if you're able to match that to a logical decision, then it is time to move forward. We know which direction to go in. But it's when things start to feel a bit foggy that we tend to freeze. So What Gary Vee said is often in business, the best players are making, you know, hundreds of decisions every week and they're making these decisions. Then they're quickly learning as to whether or not it was the right or wrong decision and then making the next decision based on what they learned from that. And so rather than spending months and months thinking about what is the exact right choice, they've kind of honed this skill of recognizing there is no right or wrong. We do the best with the information that we have at hand. We make a decision and we move forward from there. We don't look back. We don't make up stories and different realities of what could have been if we went the other way. And then from there, we allow our life to unfold in front of us. Okay, so letting go of the idea that there is a right or a wrong choice. That's just not the reality of it. There is no right or wrong. Both choices are going to come with pros and cons. Both choices are going to come with really beautiful moments and some challenges. And so it's all about looking at logistically, rationally what's going to work and then also what feels right in your body making that choice and leaping into it, not looking back and going from there. The fifth and final fear that I want to talk about today is this fear of not being enough, not being fast enough, not being good enough, not being in the right body, not being the right friend, 
not doing enough, not figuring it out fast enough. I mean, this comes up time and time and time again for all of us. And again, I just want to ensure that it comes up for everyone at some level. So with any of these fears, it's not about removing them completely and it doesn't make you a failure if you're feeling any of them. But instead, I just want you to become more aware of when they're showing up. Ah, oh yeah, there's that part of me right now that is really afraid. This part of me that is scared about something that is preventing me and trying to keep me safe from getting hurt. Okay, that's showing up. There's an acronym called RAIN that I find really helpful. You might find it helpful to jot this down. R stands for recognize. So just recognizing what's happening. Oh, I feel really anxious right now. I'm feeling really low. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling resentful. Whatever it is, whatever feeling or emotion comes tied to this belief of I'm not enough. A stands for allow and be welcoming of the emotion. So, okay, fear is coming up, anxiety. Hmm, it's not super comfortable, but... It's just a feeling. It's going to pass. These are always impermanent. I is to investigate. Where does this come from? Why am I having this reaction right now? And there's a beautiful saying that is, if you're having a hysterical reaction to something, it's usually historical. So it's not even often about what's happening in the present moment. It's something that's happened in the past that is triggering you. So you can think back to when you were little or at various times in your life where maybe you've experienced a similar feeling or a similar situation. And perhaps again, when we start to notice these patterns showing up in our life, there's an opportunity for greater learning, awareness, softening, compassion, and empathy. So RAIN first is R, recognize. A is allow and be welcoming of the emotion, not judging ourselves for having it. Eyes investigate, where does this come from? And N is to nurture with self-compassion and non-personalization, recognizing that you are not that emotion. It is arising, it's moving through you, it is impermanent, it is going to shift. All of our emotions are like, even if we break that word down, E-motion, energy motion, energy in motion, right? So we can notice that it's there. We investigate and get curious about where it came from. And then we can nurture that part of ourselves. Okay. Yeah. I'm remembering that time when, you know, you were really competitive with your friends in school and that's showing up again now as an adult. Hmm, Interesting. Okay. It's not how I really choose to move forward at this time. So let's allow those feelings to come up and move through us. And then from that space, what choice or action do I want to make? How do I want to show up? How do I want to move forward from here, from a rational space versus an emotional place? So as a reminder, the five most common fears that I hear holding people back are number one, I'm worried that I will fail. Number two, I'm afraid people won't like me or won't like it. Number three, I'm worried it will be hard. 
Number four is what if I'm not making the right choice? And number five, I'm worried I'm not enough. Just notice for a moment if any of those resonated with you. I would love to hear which ones stood out for you. And I might even recommend rewinding, going through this again, and just writing down at the top of a piece of paper that initial goal or thing that you wanted to welcome into your life, writing these five common fears down and just noticing how they might show up for you and how you would work through them. The most important thing that I want you to take from this episode today is that if you're experiencing any of these fears and when they pop up, because they will, it's okay. It's part of being a human being navigating this world. What we want though is to, rather than ruminating on it and attaching to it, is to notice it, detach from it. Okay, that's showing up. Interesting. Where did that come from? And to speak compassionately to ourselves, to give ourselves empathy for it. That allows us to unhinge from these fears and to take action from a place of logic, choice. I mean, a little bit of heart and emotion in there rather than strictly from a reactive emotional place. I hope this episode was helpful to you. If you enjoyed it, if you have a moment to leave a review, I would appreciate it so much. I read every single review and it really helps us to get the show out to more people. Podcast world is competitive right now. And so I have the most amazing listeners. I know how much you care and how incredible all of you are. I just appreciate it so much when you share the episodes with friends and family. You can also take a screenshot of the episode, tag me at Raw Beauty Talks on social. I would love to regram your posts. I hope everyone has a beautiful week noticing whatever is coming up for you as you operate from this beautiful human body in this incredible world. I will see you next week. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Raw Beauty Talks community at Raw Beauty Talks. And remember, it's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week. ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.